Welcome to the Man Up God's Way podcast, a show that dives into the real, raw, and relevant issues for men in their faith, life, and community. Now, your host, Jody Birkin. Well, here we are again on another Monday night. My name is Jody Burkeen. I am the founder of Man Up God's Way and your host tonight on Man Up Monday, a podcast designed for the Christian man and his woman, if she wants to listen, to help them, guide them, and uh, encourage them in their Christian walk. And uh, just really excited to be here. We were off last week for Fourth of July holiday. I hope you guys all had uh, a great time and came back with all your fingers that you didn't lose any. Um, I know I, I taught my kids this uh, past week that uh, how to do a, um, a Roman candle war. So we did, <laughs> we did Roman candle. I've got 11-year-old 11, 11 those, twins, man. Are those legal here? <laughs> yeah, they, it, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we so, did that uh, in California, very illegal there. Yeah. But we did that growing up. Yeah, that's fantastic. We had, uh, we had Roman candle wars, and I chased them all over the yard, <laughs> shooting them with, uh, with these things. It was hilarious. Good, clean so fun is what that it is. It was good, clean fun. But uh, I hope you guys had a great time, and we did miss you. Um, again, if you get an opportunity, please share this podcast with your friends and uh, your uh, social media. We need as much help as we possibly can to reach the world. And uh, we thank you for that. If you uh, also are listening and uh, need a great app, man, our new app is phenomenal. It's called the Man Up God's Way app. It's on iTunes as well as Google Play. It is a premier app. We're asking you to partner with us. Um, it is $9.99 a month, and uh, I promise you it's worth it. We've got a live feed going on right now Now on the app. We have Bible studies starting in the next week or two that you'll be able to join. Uh, we're going to have Bible content and Bible study content coming real soon as well, and it's going to be a premier app where you can get away from the social media. We've got uh, a, a community page on there just like you would have on Facebook, but better than Facebook, and so you've got the opportunity to do a lot of stuff on there, so I'd love for you guys to join us. Also, the way that we pay for this podcast is through our manupmerch.com. Get an opportunity, go there. You can get shirts like the one I have here. You can also check out our coffee mug. This is uh, one of my favorite coffee mugs. This is a manly mug. You can put a half a pot of coffee in this, <laughs> three or four uh, uh, Splendas. That's for me anyway. And uh, I like mine a little sweet, but I like it black. And um, water, right? I'm telling you, it's 100 degrees right now in St. Louis. So uh, one of these is very handy. And I know that's about the throughout the whole Midwest. And one of the things we're really excited about, if you love coffee, please get our Man Up Coffee on our merch site as well. It's a great flavor, good, hearty blend uh, that we have created just for our Man Up community, and we'd love for you guys to get it. Also on Amazon, you can get my book, Man Up, Becoming a Godly Man in an Ungodly World, as well as Pursuit of a Godly Life, Living Like Jesus Matters. And there are a couple other books on there as well we'd love for you to grab a hold of so for goza how you doing brother doing good man no complaints yeah no complaints no complaints i got actually this is kind of funny i'm doing a uh i just finished a book called a complaint free world okay um and i'm wearing this stinking bracelet uh i guess that's almost a complaint but not uh, <laughs> but every time you complain you gotta move it and i've moved it a lot lately, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lately it's uh it's an that's experiment good. i'm trying 
Um, but yeah, man, that's good. Dude. All things are well. Awesome. So you went to California. Went to California two went weeks. To the woods. Yeah, uh, I came back uh, lighter. Okay. No beard. No beard. Um, I, I was. Uh, yeah, two weeks. One was doing some recording with Discover Church right. out in Lodi. Uh, we did a live album EP for them. Uh, David Michael Watson and the group out there uh, nice. graciously invited me to come be a part of that. So we did that the first week and the second week. I uh, got in the wilderness, did six days out in the immigrant wilderness with my older brother and a few of his wrestlers. Awesome. Awesome. That's why the beard went. I was a day, like the day before we were packing to get right. ready and the beard started itching. And when you're out there, there's no shower, there's right, no nothing. Exactly. So <laughs> I started like just picturing a horrible trip of me, uh, yeah, me just right. stuck out there with an itchy face. And I said, no, it's, it's gotta go. I'm glad you, yeah, you, uh, you, you, you look different. I didn't notice you when you first walked in. I was like, you kind of look at me yeah. weird. I was like, he's not excited <laughs> to see me or what's yeah. up? I like the Magnum PI stash too. <laughs> you look like Tom Selleck. Yeah. There you go. So, well, uh, speaking of David, Michael Watson, here's one of his songs that, uh, uh, he's got out It's on Spotify. You can check them out. And when will the worship album be out? So they should have that in the next month or so. They're doing editing right now for that. And these songs are available on SoundCloud, I believe, already. Okay. Um, Spotify for David Michael Watson. Um, and uh, this is going to be a video. So the videos are coming out. Basically. Okay. Awesome. And he is, uh, he's the worship? He's the worship leader for Discover Church okay. out in Lodi. Out in Lodi, California. Okay. Awesome. Here's one of his songs. Be Brave is the name of this. He's got a good voice. I like yeah, that. Yeah, he's got a great voice. It's good. Is he writing his own worship stuff? Is that what yeah. he's doing? Yep. Okay. With a team. You know, he's, he's got writing. some people helping yeah. him out. Yeah, but he does a lot of great writing. That's a good song. I like that. Awesome. Well, that is Be Brave by David Michael Watson. If you get an opportunity, go check that out at Spotify as well as SoundCloud and Fregoza's music will be out with them um, in the next few weeks. And as soon as we get a copy, man, we will be blasting it here on the podcast for sure. So, well, dude, I'm glad you're back with me and um, looking forward to uh, the next few weeks, man. we got some great guys coming on. Um, we're booked through September. Oh, that's awesome. So we've got uh, awesome. every Monday night, man, we've got somebody new and, Got some great folks. Well, so speaking of guests, um, we've got a, a, an awesome guest I'm excited about tonight. Uh, David, Daniel Sams. I don't know why I said David because I was reading David Michael Watson here. Daniel Sams um, is with us tonight on our podcast. Daniel, how you doing, brother? I'm living the dream. Thank you guys for having me. Well, dude, I'm, I'm glad you're here. That's uh, just so you know, living the dream is trademarked. I own that. So <laughs> uh, you can send me some money later on. <laughs> That's what I always say. A couple say. nickels your way. Yeah, living the dream. That's what I always say. Well, man, glad you're here, and uh, thank you for joining us. Um, you and I hooked up on Facebook, and uh, you've been all over our Man Up God's Way community. I appreciate your input and love the godly content that you're putting on and helping me uh, herd 45,000 um, sheep uh, in that uh, in that group. So I appreciate all your help, man. Oh. Definitely my pleasure. You know, I just, I love God so much. And, and anytime I get a chance to be able to serve him, whether in that group or, you know, face to face, I'm honored. 
Praise God, dude. That's awesome. Well, tell me, uh, tell me how you met God. How did uh, how did you uh, come into contact with God, and how did He change your life? Well, we're gonna have to go way back to uh, about 19 years old, and uh, okay. I uh, I was at, in college. I ended up becoming a drug addict and an alcoholic. Uh, got kicked out of school twice, uh, and just uh, a girlfriend that I was seeing at the time uh, said, "Hey, let's start going to church." and um, long story short, I ended up going to that church and, and the church uh, pastor was her godfather, mm. uh, who also happened to be one of my professors at college. So he already knew me. Uh, so that didn't set up for a, a good thing, but, uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, I, I was very intrigued, uh, when I actually encountered the gospel in truth, I had a lot of people talk to me about being a Christian, about what that looks like and, you know, some experiences with other churches, but, actually encountering Jesus and actually encountering the gospel really actually changed my life at 19. Wow, dude, that's awesome. So have you walked, uh, walked with the Lord faithfully since 19 or did you have, did you backslide? Did you, you know, fall away anytime or have you been pretty faithful ever since? You know, obviously not without struggle, but, uh, no, I am honored to say that I've been in the kingdom ever since I've been, I've been walking before God. Praise God. If you're not struggling, you're doing it the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll fight that good fight of faith. Yeah, exactly. You're doing the uh, watered down version if you're not struggling. So, well, awesome, dude. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to have you on here. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, you know what? You, you've written a book recently and uh, tell us, tell us a little bit. I've, I've had the opportunity to read it. And I promise you, after this podcast, I will get you a review. Uh, you know, I'll let you. I'll. I'll we're going to promote the snot out of it while we're here, uh, as well, and on our uh, app too for you. So we're going to help you launch this bad boy, and uh, we'll put it all over our social media. So tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about the book and and how it came about. Well, um, you know, uh, it's called Stormbreakers: Silence the Storm of Depression. Uh, and really based on Mark 439, where Jesus silences the storm. Um, and, you know, for me personally, I have struggled with depression a majority of my life. Uh, and it was a, a very difficult thing to walk through. Um, about eight years ago, I ended up walking into a five-year depressive episode, uh, really just struggling with every aspect of my life. Uh, fatherhood was impossible. Marriage was impossible. My career was falling apart. Uh, I was really uh, to be honest with you, I was stuck in bed probably two to three times a week. I was calling out sick, oh, wow. just unable to move and just really falling apart. Uh, even being a Christian, being in the kingdom and uh, still just barely hanging on to faith. Um, but here recently uh, in, in seeking out God, uh, he ended up revealing himself to me in a way that I just was not expecting. And I talk about it in the book and um, really just coming to a place of surrender to him. And in that surrender, he taught me some things that helped me overcome depression. Uh, and I wanted to put them into book format and uh, to share them with people so that they can do the same thing. Uh, the beautiful thing is it's based entirely on God's word. And because it's God's word, it's applicable to anybody who uses it. Right. That's awesome. So, so explain to me what your, um, what, what depression outside of the five years, how did you know that you had depression? Like, what was the, what was the kicker? What was the catalyst? What was, what were the symptoms, so to speak? Where, where were you struggling? 
you know, in honesty, it, it was mostly uh, just interactions with people. Uh, I really didn't have an interest in doing many things. Uh, I was very shy. I was struggling in relationships. Um, didn't want to go out of bed, get out of bed. Didn't want to uh, really interact with a lot of people, a lot of fear, a lot of worry, a lot of anxiety. Um, and so there really wasn't a, a one particular thing that was causing the depression. Uh, but I, I think obviously uh, certain situations will affect that. And for me, it was, um, you know, becoming a father was a big part of it. Um, I was not prepared to do that. Um, but obviously God made a way to teach me exactly how to do that through his word. And uh, I'm honored to say that my, my kids are awesome. They're amazing. I love them to death. Um, and God really freed me through that thing. But uh, from a, an overall standpoint, I don't know really how to explain to you that um, it, it's a really hard thing to explain something that's so ethereal and so emotional. Right. Um, it's just something that is, uh, you really just don't want to get out of bed. You don't want to look at anybody. You don't want to deal with anyone. Uh, you're very tired. And uh, exhaustion is a huge part of that. Um, and really uh, social uh, normalcy, social tendencies are really difficult to participate in. Right, exactly. Yeah. Now, did you, um, were you suicidal? I, I was. Uh, my, my first suicidal ideation was at eight. Um, thankfully, you know, obviously it wasn't as, as deep as a lot of other people have experienced. Uh, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but yes, uh, I've had several different uh, episodes of suicidal ideation, never attempted, um, but just certainly considering it and thinking about it. Right. And that was at eight years old. You, f you felt that? Yeah. Started at eight. Holy cow. And how far did you like, I mean, in your teens and twenties, I mean, did you, did you still feel the same thing? Certainly. Um, you know, in, in high school, uh, had that, uh, experience with wanting to commit suicide. Uh, even when I got, was getting kicked out of college, uh, because of the addictions that I was dealing with, I was diving deeper and darker into depression, trying to self-medicate and, um, yeah, it, it was certainly a consideration at that time without Christ. Uh, I didn't want to live anymore. I didn't want to keep having these struggles. So you, before 19, you were doing drugs, just trying to figure out what it was, drinking, drugging, kind of the, the silly stuff that we do, trying to figure out life on our own. Sometimes you found Jesus. Um, but even sometimes finding Jesus, uh, you still fall into those pitfalls of, of depression. And after, after you gave your life to the Lord, where, where did you feel like it went off the rails? Um, or how did it go off the rails as far as your depression goes? Uh, it really went bad into that five-year episode. Like I said, when my okay. son was born, um, you know, my wife and I had been married for about two years and uh, really just trying to figure out how to be a father, not getting any sleep, tough relationship, just started a new job. Uh, so everything was really just it was a, a conglomeration of a multitude of events causing this heaviness that was falling into my life. Right. So where was your wife at this, this, during this five year period? Like, was she about ready to just push you out the door and say, go find your own spot? Or <laughs> was she, was she helpful or, or did she, does she suffered from depression or anything like that? So was she sympathetic? Uh, how was, how was that whole thing? You know, is she, my wife is absolutely incredible and I will always exalt the Lord for that woman that he put in my life. Yes, she was extremely helpful. And to be completely honest with you, there were times when I was not helpable. 
Right. Uh, I couldn't receive anything from her. And obviously that's going to lead to some frustrations um, and some tensions in a marriage when someone is trying so hard to minister to you and so hard to encourage you and get you out of bed and get you wanting to talk to, up to people and go to right. church and live life. And uh, you can see how frustrating that would be when you're just staring at someone who's, you know, not able to get off the couch and staring at a TV. Right. Wow. And so that was five years. So what years were those? Uh, let's, that's a great question. Um, 2014 to 2019. Okay. So man, and you came right out of it right during the freaking pandem pandemic. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> a true story. I was going to do a, a conference on, on, uh, on overcoming depression with some of these topics. And, uh, it was the week that this, uh, everything shut down was the week of the conference. So everything had to get put on hold. Wow, the irony of that, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, well, you just needed new customers. Like, <laughs> wait a couple of years, and you know, you got a whole new swath of people who need that help. Well, that's what's crazy right? is it's yeah, yeah. We were talking the other day that I I don't think we've seen the true issues of the pandemic yet. You know, I think the depression, um, marriage problems, like all of that is escalating now. We've got the financial crisis going on. I think it's going to be. Uh, right up your alley for this book that's coming out. I think I think it couldn't come out at a better time. Um, you know, one of the things is I was going through your book um, that I noticed more than anything was the amount of scripture that you had in there. Like you have peppered this thing. Um, and, and what I liked about it is you didn't take you didn't take. Um, liberty with that scripture either it, a lot of it was in context uh, i liked i liked how you did that that was really cool that you were adding that much uh scripture into these sections so you know one of the things i'd like you know is it is it out yet or you're still getting ready to um you're getting ready still you still got to publish it is that correct it's live now on amazon uh, okay you can also get on the website stormbreakers.org uh, so yeah it's available now Okay, perfect. So explain to me the what was behind the purpose is God is like, I like, I like that, like explain to the audience what that was. So each of your each of your chapters. So chapter one is called the is called purpose is uh, chapter two is God is chapter three is depression is chapter four is hope is um, chapter five appetite is six is defense is seven thought is eight cheese is <laughs> cheese whiz uh chapter nine, <laughs> chapter nine the west is and that's uh an accurate ac acronym uh w-e-s-t um and then chapter 10 victory is so explain to us what your purpose behind that is you, you know uh, as someone who was struggling with depression so deeply um I really didn't want to do anything or read anything, and I wasn't certainly ready to enter into a theological discussion. Uh, so what I really intended to do with the book was to make it as simple as possible. Uh, right. Bullet point format, here you go, here's the information you need. It's simple, it's easy to read, it's large font, and I really just wanted to make it so that you can flip a page and go, that's where I want to go. Uh, right. Make it nice and easy. Yeah, you did. You did that too. I always tell people I wrote my first book. Uh, I call it a two seater. I put it on, you can put it on the back of the seat and be done in a couple of seats. Um, you know, I, I wrote it like I wanted to read it. Yeah. You know, like quick, easy, get, gave me exactly what I needed. Um, 
and uh, that's I love how you did that. So this is a, this is a great format, and I think it'll be really good for those who are just, you know, in depression. Um, I, I told my story a few weeks ago about you know being depressed and and actually suicidal. It wasn't just depression; it was suicidal. Like I never had that in my whole life. Never feared it. Um, I gave my life to the Lord in 2003, and man, just you know, things weren't easy, but I just felt the hope and all of this kind of stuff. And my wife got cancer in 2015 mm. and I spent that year, uh, raising, uh, four-year-old twins. You know, I had two teenage, uh, a boy and a girl that were right in the midst of high school. And we just launched our church. We found out two weeks before we launched our church that my wife had cancer. And so, wow. um, I go through that whole year and I, I'm, I'm owning a business at this time because I'm bivocational. Uh, I had a business, a really successful business, and I wasn't being paid by the church. But I was, you know, if you're in ministry, it's a full time job, whether you're paid or not. And yeah. um, so I was doing all of that, man. I was just busy, man. I had 15 balls in the air and man, I was juggling all, all just perfectly for nine, 10 months. And then my wife was healed. Um, she's back. Awesome. She, she's she's like hundred percent all of a sudden she starts taking the jobs away from me that i had you know with the kids and <laughs> you know the cleaning and the laundry and the the all of this stuff and i remember the day that it happened there was this moment that i literally just sat off the edge of my bed and um my my house is has a walkout basement so if you're in the second floor if you look out the window it looks like a third floor house and um I set out, looked, and I've got this hallway that uh, runs to my bathroom. There's a big plate glass window in my bathroom, and something in my head said, run and jump. Like, hmm. just jump through the window. I was like, whatever. And uh, so I went and got a shower, got ready, go downstairs. I get my Bible out. I'm doing my Bible study, and where I sit to do my Bible study at my table, um, I can overlook a, a bay window, and there's my deck. Well, it's at the second story. And something said, won't you hang yourself from there? I was like, whatever, you know, like, gosh, I just got to quit this. And so, um, I get in the car later that day and I'm driving to a meeting or something and something in my head said, swerve, you know, hit that semi, hmm. hit that bridge, hit that tree. And I just kind of brushed it off. Well, unbeknownst to me, what, what ended up becoming groundhogs day was literally every morning I'd wake up, I'd look at the window and it's something would say, run and jump. I'd go get a shower. I'd go downstairs mm -hmm. to do my Bible study and something would say, go hang yourself. And it just kept going on and on and on almost for two months. And, wow. um, I got this, uh, I got this GSA contract, which is a military contract, a massive contract in North Carolina for my company. And I needed it really bad. Business was sucking really bad. And, um, I needed this contract, but the general of the base wanted me to come to North Carolina before he gave me the, the purchase order. And, um, I'll never forget hanging up the phone thinking the Lord's taking care of my, my finances. Cause this is going to be a great job. It's going to bring in a ton of cash and blah, blah, blah. But as soon as I hung up that phone, I literally thought that's where I can do it. Mm. And it was just like, just like that, like I had it planned now, you know, where wow. it was just a thought. Now it was planned. Well, it's funny because like if, if you're talking to anyone who's struggled with depression, you feel like uh, um, 
Die Hard movie. I can't remember the guy's name right now, but welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a lot. Yeah, Bruce yeah. Willis, welcome to the party, welcome pal. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I was, and I thought the only way I'm going to get the orders if I go there. But I know right now I'm probably going because I'm going to be in a hotel. I don't care who finds me. Then what kept me right. from doing it at home was my kids finding me or my wife finding me, and you know and the thought of running into a truck or a bridge just didn't sound too pleasing, you know, cause I knew all it would do is break every bone in my body and I'd still be alive. You know, it wouldn't, wouldn't <laughs> do anything. So, and I'm not making f- jest of, of suicide by any means, please don't get me wrong, but, um, well, you're being honest. Way, yeah. Just, there was a way that I was going to do it and it, that wasn't it. And I yeah. definitely wasn't jumping out my back window. Um, but those are the kind of thoughts that brought me into this depression. Even though I was, I was functioning, I was still, you know, I wasn't laid in the fetal position in bed, but man, I had, I had some fierce depression going on that I, after I hung up the phone and that thought came to my head and I went back down to my office and I thought, okay, how can I do this? How can that general said, I've got to come there to get this order. So um, I went upstairs and I talked to my wife and she knew something was wrong, you know, for weeks. And I finally confessed. And, you know, that was half the battle was just confessing that I was going through something to begin with. Yeah. Coming to agreement with what's going on inside your life. Right. Exactly. And, um, and then I, I called the journal up, said, I can't make it. I hope you still give me the order. He didn't give me the order, uh, but I couldn't make it. So, but I ended up calling a buddy of mine uh, who was a counselor at the time, or still is a counselor. And uh, I met with him for a few days, and just those few days rocked my world. Like, it was the weight of the world was off my shoulders. I started writing again. I wrote a, a, a blog about it. This was this was 2015 when the blogs were actually a thing. Um, (laughs) I wrote a blog about it. I sent a letter out to my church. I talked to my elders about, I kind of freaked my elders out because I sent the letter before I talked to them. That wasn't real smart. Um, you know, and, and, and I say all that to say is that depression hits you in, in really weird ways. It's not always consistent for everybody. You, You can take 10 people and it'd be 10 ways that they, um, get depressed or, you know, can't handle anxiety or, or whatever it is. I have not had that since, um, you know, because I, you know, I just, I, I I now know the signs. I now know what to put my focus on. And, you know, what was crazy was, you know, here, I'm a guy that preaches discipline. I preach to men. I, you know, I, our, our tagline is don't be a spiritual sissy. And here I've got to talk about, you know, depression, like or suicidal thoughts, that to me, you know, almost kept me from actually confessing, but that the whole deal about manning up God's way is, is humbling yourself, uh, learning to confess, learning to admit fault, learning to drop to your knees and pray to God, uh, learning to serve your wife. So it's not what the world would think manning up is. And so, uh, I say all that to say is that, uh, you're not the only one who's gone through depression and for our audience, um, we want you to know that there's so much out there to help you and yes. uh, suicide is not an option, uh, should never be an option. Um, you lose all hope and all you do is transfer the pain to your family. It does the, it does them no good whatsoever because all you're doing, you're not, you're not getting rid of the pain. You're just transferring the pain. 
and mm-hmm. uh, and then they've got to deal with it. So there are so many other ways to help you. Uh, there is hope uh, in Jesus. Uh, there's hope in medication. There's hope in you know some of the stuff that's out there, counseling and and, and confessing. And so, just want to encourage you guys not to 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 freak out um, too bad because there are people out there that will help you. I promise you that. So um, so explain to me how. Um, uh, so the five years, what, what was the catalyst to get you out of that five-year period? You know, that's a really great question. Uh, one of the things that uh, isn't really talked about is memory loss when you're in depression. Um, I really am very vague on a lot of details during that entire five-year period. Um, I think I was at a place where I was just entirely overwhelmed and tired of being tired. Uh, I really wanted to be there for my kids. I wanted to be there for my wife. And I I really wanted to live a godly life that I couldn't keep living the way I was. Um, And I remember very distinctly looking for carnal means to uh, come to a solution. I I remember downloading a book that said, hey, if you're struggling with depression, read this. And um, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, it was a terrible book. Um, It it offered (laughs) no hope. Um, and, and I was just, I was like, I, this is terrible. I'm more depressed after reading it. I don't, this is not helpful at all. And, and from that I said, but I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ who in the word says he can heal anything. It says everything is cast under his feet. So if that's the case, then depression can be cast under his feet too. So that means he's also got a way of escape in his word. And so I started diving into the word and praying and really seeking out God and saying, look, I'm going to believe God, whether I get healed or not, but your promise, God, in your word says you're going to heal me. So let me start working the word. Let me get in there. Let me see what God says. And let me start working those principles that he's made available to all of us. Oh, that's good. That's good. So you didn't, you didn't do any counseling. Did you do any counseling? I did. Uh, I did talk with my pastor a lot. Uh, I was meeting with him on a fairly regular basis and just kind of being able to discuss and share these ideas and what works and what doesn't. And, and he was a, a, a very, very uh, influential part in the in my freedom. Uh, God really used him to speak to situations and speak to my heart and really kind of guide some of those uh, areas where I was being very zealous. And he's like, you know, that's probably not a good idea. Don't do that. Right. And uh, that's why you have to get out and, and really kind of... Um, let your thoughts be examined outside of your head, especially when you're not thinking clearly. Um, and so, yes, I definitely sought counseling uh, through my pastor. Right. Oh, that's good. That's really good. Now, how, how did you, were you functioning enough to work or were you completely bedridden or you, were you just kind of go to work, come home, hit the couch and not even think twice about anything else? Yeah. You know, they call it smiling depression, you know, where you can, you can throw a smile on your face and you can kind of work through life and you can do the things that you need to do, but uh, deep down inside you're hurting. And yeah, a lot of the times it was come home, get on my phone, turn on the TV. Nobody bother me for four hours until I go to bed. Right. Right. And and that's tough when you have a, I had a two-year-old and a one-year-old running around and uh, they just want dad and, and they just want to play and have a good time and they want to be loud and be kids. And, you know, you have a wife who's really looking for love and attention and affection and support and leadership. And, you know, when I'm tuning out like that, I can't do any of it. When right. I'm overwhelmed with depression like that, there I'm no help to anybody at all. I'm not even a help to myself. No, uh, and know. so looking at all those things and really realizing I have to figure this out and there is a way out of it. I just didn't know what it was yet. 
Right. So you did you quit reading your Bible in that five-year period, or were you just skimming through it, or did you deep dive when you finally realized that you needed something a little bit more? Yeah, did I was. dive then into the yeah, Word? I did dive into the Word after I came to this realization that, hey, I got to get this figured out. But during that five-year period, um, the only time the Bible opened up was during Bible study and church. That's it. Okay. Dang. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. I mean, it's, uh, sometimes that's the last thing that you want to do because not only is it convicting, it's, um, if you're not in, in tune with the Holy spirit, it doesn't make sense. Like, right. it's just like, Oh my gosh, I don't understand this. And, um, that's a scary place to be as well. And, you know, to so, be honest with you, I was at a place where I was, I believed, but I didn't really believe if, if that makes any sense. No, um, you know, walking as a Christian, going to church, doing the motions and, and going through all the motions and then going home and, and going, okay, well, God's real, but he's not real for me. He's not working in my life. He's not moving in my life. So why read his word? What for? That right. was kind of my attitude at the time. Right. Did you have this woe is me attitude? Kind of like, you know, how come he's not talking to me? How come he's not blessing me? How come I'm having to go through this? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I was reaching out for friends to hang out with and anything to kind of distract. And, you know, to be honest with you, I came to a place where I realized that they didn't want to hang out with me anymore. And I was a negative Nancy wow. uh, and people weren't answering my yeah. phone calls or my texts or, Hey, I'm busy. Sorry. I gotta go. Or, you know, this thing needs me. And I w came to a place where I was just all alone. I didn't have anybody to distract me anymore. And that's really where I believe God was like, I got to get you alone to get into, into your heart, to talk to you. You're so busy looking for all these schemes and ways of uh, pretending like this doesn't exist. These emotions you're not feeling um, all these fears that you have. He really had to find a way to get me alone and talk to me and break through. And, and that I believe was one of the main factors of me realizing that I was in depression. That's a, uh, that's pretty insightful to understand that he was attempting to get you alone and all to himself. Um, a lot of times when we're called into ministry, that's the first step of it. Um, that's part of the reason why, you know, new converts, um, that we don't really say you should jump into ministry right away because you haven't even been separated and for, for him to, to spend some alone time or tested with you or tested, yeah, tested. um, battle tested is a, is a big thing. Um, Huge. It's, it's incredibly, tough to be separated but there's comfort if you're out there and it feels like you know i'm a believer i'm a follower of christ but it feels like i've been separated no one's around me all my friends are gone i'm alone it's just me and god awesome mm. lean into it it's one of the hardest things that i Amen. heard someone telling me to lean into that process um, and I remember uh, the person who told it to me is a good friend of mine now, uh, Adam Miller. He shoots all my music videos for me. And I remember when he said it to me the first time, I got so mad at him as if I'm not in tune with God, like I'm not leaning into mm -hmm. this process. I moved 2,000 miles across the country. What you talk about? Lean in. <laughs> you don't know me. I'm you don't understand anything. Um, <laughs> but he was so he was so wise. And, you know, I probably got almost 10 years on him. But the wisdom that he spoke into me um, – in those rough, you know, first steps of, of me moving out here was lean into that quiet time, lean into the loneliness, lean into the, to the alone time with him. Cause he really will re he'll make something new, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? And I think that's a testament to you just sitting here and talking to us. You know, this, this would have been horrified for you 
a few years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'll tell you what, God has stretched me in so many different ways uh, through this whole process. And I've learned so many things about myself. And uh, I'm very, very grateful for that surrender. And, and to your point, uh, being alone with God, oh, my gosh. How many times have you heard people tell testimonies where I was using church to distract myself from my relationship with God? Right. How many times have they stood up and said, you know what, I was trying to use my marriage, I was trying to use my job or, you know, whatever thing that we put in front of us, to, you know, our addictions, uh, television, because we're, we're trying to avoid God entirely. So that's, a, a, that's an awesome point. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. Hmm, that's good. That's good stuff. So did you, so when the, the, the kicker got you off the couch, got you start talking to your pastor, got you deep into the word, um, at what point, you know, was it that you and your wife were able to really sit and talk and figure out, you know, what was going on and how she could help or maybe what, you know, you could do better or different or whatever? Um, when did that kind of happen? That's a really good question. Um, I don't think it was kind of a, a one-time thing. I, I believe it was a gradual process of trust that had to be relearned and redeveloped. Right. Um, you know, obviously with, with where I was, it was a very much a struggle just to communicate, just to share words with her. And, um, you know, she got very frustrated with me and obviously I was very frustrated with her. Um, so it's been a, a continual process, so a willingness to surrender and say, Hey, look, this is what's really going on. This is how I'm feeling, being transparent, being vulnerable. You know, those aren't really words that we want to use as men, but those are words that I think are extremely important in our marriage. Uh, that we have to be able to be willing to lead by example and say, look, if I'm expecting my wife to be transparent with me, then I need to be transparent with her as well. Mm, totally. That's one of the biggest issues in uh, men's ministry is we see men all the time. Um, you know, they, they don't understand communication. They, they can't figure out good communication. It's usually, you know, communication is, is a yelling process. Um, or the lack thereof communication. There's no communication whatsoever. There's just these preconceived expectations that never are met and everybody's always pissed off at each other and doesn't want to talk, you know, like it literally happens that way. And, you know, one of the things that we try to do as much as possible is to get men to talk to their wives openly, openly and honestly, uh, open and honestly, not openly, open and honestly that, um, you know, in, in everything, you know, um, in sex with finances with their children you know with yeah. work with you know friendships you know whatever uh, those things are dealing that you're dealing with uh, you need to talk to talk to your spouse as much as possible um and and honestly there's when there's authenticity in the the marriage um it develops can, intimacy yes it does it develops into intimacy and and you can deal with some big problems a lot easier yeah. uh, because you get to the place where you know like i used to do with my wife all the time what's wrong oh nothing you know nothing you know <laughs> don't worry you know, it's nothing don't worry about it you know now she's right. like what's wrong and i was like Ugh. you know just get <laughs> it on the table um and it's uh I think that's where men need to be a little bit more. We, we have this stereotype um, that has been placed on us that we can't communicate or right. that, you know, we're, we're not good communicators. And, and for the most part, that's true, but we can communicate. We can become better communicators, And that's, that takes practice. It's just like it walking the walk in Christianity, man. It takes practice and discipline. 
Um, and you have to have conversations that um, are sometimes tough. You know, sometimes sometimes tough conversations need to happen. And I think that's why a lot of people have, especially in relationships, have um, depression. Mm-hmm. It's because they don't really know what the other person's thinking. They don't know, know what the other person feels. Uh, they're not getting good feedback or communication on any of their stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's really tough. You know, and to your point, I would say that apart from your relationship with Christ, your relationship with your spouse is going to be the single most relationship, single most important relationship you ever have. And if you're not sowing into that relationship, if you're not encouraging that relationship, building it up, speaking life into it, then you're going to bear the fruit. You know, the Bible says that we reap what we sow. And that's exactly what's going to happen. So I choose to build up my wife. I choose to encourage her. I choose to speak life into her. Um, And I would encourage any man who is struggling with depression to uh, be willing to be transparent and to talk with your wife. She's standing there with you. She is. And she wants to help. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell my kids they're third class citizens in my home. You know, it's me and Jesus and then me and their mama and <laughs> then they're, they're next, you know, they're yeah, third exactly. class, they're third class citizens. Uh, they're not going to come in between uh, me and mama. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so 2019, uh, you came out of your depression and mm-hmm. what was, what was that like? Well, you know, I would say that I wouldn't, I didn't come out of it entirely. It was, uh, again, it was a process. Um, I I think a lot of people are, will expect this sudden healing of, I feel better. And it was almost, uh, uh, what's the word I want to use? I I really couldn't feel it per se. It just was, um, and it became gradually became better and it became better and it became better. And then, uh, really probably about a year ago is when I really started feeling back to normal, uh, back to who I was and who, uh, I believe God wanted me to be. Uh, And so it was a process of surrender. It was a process of seeking God's face. It was a process of trusting his word and implementing his, his word and his scriptures. And through that process, God delivered the way I was thinking. He changed it entirely. And so here I can sit here and say, God delivered me from depression because I don't think that way anymore. He's completely changed the way I operate, the way I process emotions, the way I process thoughts. It's completely different. Right. Right. That's good. So I always call it stinking thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get, actually my drill sergeant used to call, he's like, y'all are stinking thinking. You know, you can do 15 more miles. You're just stinking thinking. And uh, I think that's what we do a lot of times is we start that stinking thinking in our, in our lives that um, there's, there's one part in your book that talks about, um, Oh, shoot. Where was it? It was about, uh, they talked about, you know, oh, here it is. Um, you actually, you, you said something about, um, in your head, you just kept reliving this one moment in your life. And it was, uh, you say something like, I'm so stupid. I remember time four years ago, I was in church when I said ABC and everyone completely ignored me. I'm an idiot. Like Mm -hmm. that's stinking thinking. Yep. So that's, that's where you get to a place to where you start. Um, I always say, you know, there's a big difference between being a servant and being selfish. And it's usually mm-hmm. because the mirrors in front of you, like when you have the mirror, the proverbial mirror in front of you, all you see is yourself. You don't mm-hmm. see anybody. Like I can't, I can't look at anybody else when I have that proverbial. And that's that thought process that we have. Like, 
woe is me and why do i do this and how come this isn't and how come they've got blessings over here and i've got curses over here and like all we can do is see the bad that's in our lives and so what you're saying is i shouldn't sit there and have pretend conversations <laughs> with myself with other people that have never happened right exactly yeah you shouldn't have <laughs> probably that. not a good idea yeah, no, especially if they that. answer back what's you in a straight jacket if they do what should i say to them because <laughs> yeah, yeah. i mean i'm asking for a friend i'm not it's not me you need to rebuke those in jesus name is what you need <laughs> to do exactly yeah push them off in a pig push them off in a lake in a pig <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, but that's usually what happens is, you know, we start overthinking, mm -hmm. um, problems in our lives. We start overthinking, um, and we create issues is what we end up doing. And the next thing, that cycle of thinking, like this comment is so true. Like, you know, I'm so stupid. I remember a time four years ago in church where I said ABC and everyone completely ignored me. I am an idiot. Like, you literally start thinking that way mm -hmm. a lot of times in our lives that will take you down that road of depression or anxiety or just misery a lot of times. And, um, it's almost like a conversation, like, um, you, you've got a problem with somebody and you never talk to them about the problem, but in your mind, you've created this problem that has mm -hmm. just now, you know, blown up in your head and you're thinking they hate your guts. Mm -hmm. They'll never talk to me. No telling what they must think. I'm this, this, this. And then you yeah. go, finally, you get the courage and say, man, I just, I I'm sorry. I didn't mean for their like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, like uh, so many times. And that's what we do in our depression. I think a lot of times we have these crazy thoughts in our head. Thinking, thinking. Yeah. Say something I think those? that's, that's exactly what I was talking about, you know, and I've had, um, I've had people reach out to me. It's funny because when we create this, I've done it personally too. Um, we create these narratives and we say, well, mm -hmm. you know, they're thinking this about me and, you know, I said this and then they're probably thinking this and then, well, that's how I feel about them probably thinking this. And now they probably think that because I, you haven't even addressed like one uh, iota of the issue. Uh, I had an individual reach out to me probably years ago now, but, um, kudos uh to them for actually doing it because when they finally reached out they realized that there was no animosity from me and it right. was nothing but like hey i'm so sorry yeah. you felt like that i apologize you know if if uh, I'm, i hate that you had to go this long with feeling like that that i thought that of you uh, but no i don't think that about you at all i actually think highly of you i think this about you you know i have admiration for you um, but if we get inside of our own heads and I am so guilty of it, you know, the, the artist in me, um, is constantly in my head anyway, so I can write. So, right. I mean, that's not intuitive or that's a, that's not a great environment to, to be having little conversations <laughs> that never existed inside your head. The narrative can, can get off the rails very, very sure quickly. Can. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so true. So is that like for you i mean you were in you were in some pretty dark depression you know like mm -hmm. literally you can say it was five years of depression um and the problem with that a lot of times is you know it compounds like each week each month each year just compounds on all the thinking and the stinking thinking that you're doing mm -hmm. which i can't even imagine what you felt um you know i i had it for gosh maybe three months, maybe four months. Um, and mine was almost instantaneous. 
you know, just like, uh, boom, I'm out of there. Just, it was there and then gone. And, um, uh, I can't imagine doing almost, you know, five years of your life having to, to go through that. Um, and I totally forgot what my point was. Oh, I know what it was. Um, going, going through that and knowing what you know now, what are you doing to combat the, the thought process? Um, you know, like scripture says, uh, especially when it comes to sin, Psalms 119 verse 11, I've hidden your word in my heart so that I will not sin against you. So are you, are you capturing your thoughts? Number one, you need to be capturing your thoughts. Are you, um, are you memorizing scripture? Are you, you know, doing those kind of things? Is that what you're doing now to combat this as much as possible? Yeah, definitely. You know, like, like uh, the scripture talks about in Ephesians chapter six, uh, take up the shield of faith, whereby we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And, you know, as we talk about in the book, uh, those fiery darts are, I believe are thoughts. The Satan is trying to influence us and make us think a certain way and, and cause us to approach things a certain way. And so now, you know, in chapter nine, we, uh, I developed this uh, concept called West that you talked about earlier. Um, yeah. It's a filtration system. Uh, it's a way of filtering thought. It's a way of approaching it uh, through God's word uh, and seeing if how I'm feeling and I'm experiencing and what I'm doing, if this thought is going to be healthy for me, or if right. it's a thought that maybe I need to get rid of. Um, and so, you know, in the West, we talked about it being an acronym. Uh, w stands for the word of God. I've got to filter through the word of God. So to your point, yes, you have to memorize scripture. You have to be able to have it ready because if you have a thought and you're going, oh my gosh, I want to jump out a window. What does God say about that? What is, what does God's word really speak to? And so those are things that you, you have to have that written in your heart. You have to have that ready to go to be able to process through. And, um, you know, so E for emotions, have my emotions taken over. Um, is it making the situation bigger or smaller than what it truly is? Mm -hmm. Uh, S for schema. Do I have a past experience or a trauma that I've gone through, uh, that's causing me to act this way? Schema being a, a Greek word for mind path. Um, and then T for truth. Is it true? Can I verify the information? And so, uh, even last week I had to uh, use that process and say, look, this thought that I'm feeling or this thought that I'm thinking, it's not from God. And I had to cast it out. I had to reject it. And it's that easy. Right. It's really that easy. Right. That's good. That's good. So let, let's break this down a little bit more because sure. I was actually going to wait and, and come to this, but since you brought it up, let's go ahead and uh, jump on this because I think this would this is really good for uh, for the audience just to to break this down. So it's an acronym um, that Daniel has uh, has created, and it's West W E S T, and. Um, and this is this is an organization for you to have in your head, so to speak. It's like um, it, it's like just you know, it's a filter. Is that what you called it a while ago? A filter, or you know, yeah. some kind of you can filter your 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 thought process through this this acronym and um, and like he was saying through the Word of God. With with this is the 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 problem with most Christians right now is that they are biblically illiterate. Mm -hmm. They don't understand the word of God. And so trying to use this process in an, in an already emotional and or depressed state may or may not work. Um, diving into the word will never hurt you, just so you know. 
diving into God's word, reading God's word, hoping that something just jumps off the pages and smacks you in the face is, is always a good rule of thumb. Read your Bible every single day, eat it before you eat. Or I always say, uh, uh, eat spiritually before you eat physically and get that word in you. But right. let's say, let's say all of a sudden you, you're just, you, you're depressed. What do you do? You, you start reading God's word. You got to get into a place to where you're reading it. You're trying to soak it in. You're trying to impart it into your heart. You're trying to wash it over you. So it will, uh, it will help heal. And, um, that's a, a very vital thing, but just like military guys, military guys don't wait for a war to start practicing. Just so you know, they're practicing every single day. And that's what Christians need to do. They need to practice every single day for the battle because, as you grow closer to God, the spiritual battle will become more and more fierce. And uh, I love what Daniel said about the fiery darts. Those thoughts that come to you that in, the enemy's throwing you is just the little whispers of uh, of doubt, of fear, of worry, of uh, disunity. I mean, he's throwing all of this at you. And, and matter of fact, he's he's not even really having to try hard right now. He's doing a really good job in the rest of the world. And that's a great place to get depressed if if you're watching uh, social media and or news or anything else that's going on. So really get into the, the, the word of God. E for emotions. <clears throat> you know, when, when I was reading this, what I really thought more, you know, for most people, emotions right now are off the charts and they're, in, they're, they're, they're off the charts in a bad way. Yeah, definitely. You know, anger is off the charts. Um, you know, uh, Bitterness, right. judgment, bitterness, judgment, all of that stuff right off the charts. The opposite of that should be the fruit of the spirit. Uh, that's where we, that's where we should live in. That's where we should bathe in is the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. If you utilize the power of the Holy spirit, your emotions like that, that last fruit self-control there should never be anger um, in a – well, let me rephrase that. Righteous anger, that's a good thing, okay? Sure. That's, but that's really hard to have if you're not reading your Bible and you're not controlling your emotions through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, but self-control is, is one of those fruit of the Spirit, learning to control your mouth, learning to control your tongue, learning to control your emotions. We should be Huge. able to – yeah, we should be able to suppress our anger and our fear and our worry and our doubt because we're so indwelled with the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit just continues to bubble up in us and grow up in us. And, and we're producing that fruit um, by reading the Word of God, by confessing our sins, by repenting of our sins, by uh, praying and having that quality of time. So those emotions will be uh, less likely to take over your life if you're bathing in the Holy Spirit. Um, and then, you know, schema, I, I love that. What would you say the Greek Greek was of that? Uh, it's mind path, mind path. Okay. Dang. That, that just goes back to stinking thing in your past. Um, you have to deal with your past. Literally you have to deal with it, but you don't have to live there. That's where you've got to, um, that's where you've got to be mature. That's where you've got to grow sometimes, uh, spiritually, uh, mentally uh, strong that you're dealing with your past that you're 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 forgiving those who need to be forgiven um, that's a big key for Christians and, and people miss that all the time is that 
um, they want to be angry at somebody. Mm-hmm. But and we can, as Christians, you cannot call yourself a Christ follower and be mad at somebody and hate them. And it's a tough right. one. Dude, I'm telling you, it is tough. But the forgiveness is not for them. The forgiveness is for you. When you when you truly say I forgive them and I'm I'm going to move on, it doesn't mean that you have to have them in your life or, uh, you know, they're living in your brain if you allow them to. And right. you've got to learn to control that. You've got to learn to talk about it. Um, the best thing to do is to find a counselor or a, a pastor or a great friend that you know can keep a secret or whatever uh, that you can confess some of these things to um, because your past will creep up on you or you know, man, as a pastor, I see people all the time living in their past and they're just mm. not happy. They're living in misery and, uh, and in great depression. And, um, the last one is truth. And again, Daniel, I, I'm not trying to impart, I'm trying to do a little preaching here with hey, what you, have it. you got here. I'm not trying to take anything away because, uh, I, I love what you did here, but there, you know, we deal with a lot of people who are uh, lukewarm um in our ministry they don't understand the word of god uh they're google theologians and facebook prophets um they have no clue you know they haven't <laughs> dived deep into uh the the scripture they haven't you know sifted through uh, the minutiae the content the context the history the they haven't done all that and right. a lot of times Gosh, they just get lost in, in, in the world and the world overtakes them. Usually. Um, I love that last part truth. You know what? Most of the stuff that we tell ourselves is we're really good liars to ourselves. Yeah. And we, we tell ourselves some great liars. You know, every time I look in the mirror, I see 18 year old Jody, you know, mm-hmm. like fresh out of senior year of football and get ready to join the military. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's a total lie because that's not that's not the Jody anymore. So, uh, my point is is that we're really good liars to each other, uh, to ourselves. Let me rephrase that: not to each other, but to ourselves. And sometimes you got to figure out what is truth and what is not true, um, and who's speaking it. You know, the great thing about getting into the Word and allowing the Holy Spirit to take over is that when you hear the small, still, quiet voice of God, you know exactly who's speaking. And then when you hear that other voice, you'll know exactly that that's the enemy uh, yeah. or that's your, your wrong thoughts. And if you don't know the difference, if you can't differentiate between those voices, you could be led astray with the wrong voice. And so make sure you understand the truth there. And what's, what's interesting about that is, you know, you said one of the things about depression was that it kind of isolated you. Um, the benefit to that is you have some alone time with God. The detriment to that is you have no one to bounce things off of. Right. Um, even in, you know, someone who's been walking with Christ pl- 10 plus years, um, sometimes, you know, you got to you gotta talk to your confidants and say, hey, this is what I think I'm hearing. Um, I had a moment in the wilderness with my brother and kind of, you know, gave him some stuff. I was like, I don't know, man. I feel like, uh, I feel like God's kind of telling me this and, I, and I'm not really sure and Luckily, he's just a, a good a good person to kick stuff back off. And he said, you know what, man, I don't know. That sounds a little condemning to me. That mm-hmm. sounds like it might be the enemy. Pray a little bit more about that. Like, lean, you know, seek into that a little bit more. Because sometimes telling the difference between those two voices um, is difficult because the enemy can be very condemning and he will use scripture 
to condemn you, um, to make you feel less than, to make you feel not, not sanctified, not holy. Um, uh, he'll put condemnation right on you if you're not careful. Yeah, definitely. And you saw, you know, he used a scripture with Jesus, you know, at the temple of the Mount. And uh, one of the things that as you were talking that came to my spirit was Jeremiah 17, nine, it says the heart is deceitful, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Uh, You were saying, you know, you get an opportunity to be alone with God, but I said, then you also have an opportunity to be alone with yourself. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And that's the part that's hard. Yeah, you're exactly. I love it when people say, "Oh, I'm just following my heart." Well, you're going in the wrong direction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Turn around. That's not yeah, the exactly. way. Exactly. When I was commuting with myself more often than not, I was getting lost in the television programs that I was watching. I was getting lost in, you know, whatever thing I was distracting myself. But I was filling my heart up with what I wanted. Right. But that's not the the Christian call. Our call is to fill our hearts with Christ. Our our call is to preach him and to live for him and to let him be the thing that fills us up. So, um, you know, I just wanted to jump in there because uh, that was such an awesome point for Goza. Shoot, yeah, that was good. That was really good. Good I'm verse. Just, too. I'm I just like repeating pe- things people tell me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's called wisdom, dude. Yeah. Now, wisdom, you, you learn in one of two ways, either through your own mistakes or the mistakes of others. So you're doing good. You're listening to other people. That's what you're supposed to be doing. Um, I'm running through your book here real quick. So um, I had some stuff highlighted. Where is it? And I jumped ahead in, in advance. Sorry about that. Oh, dude, that's okay. No, it's your, it's your show. So you uh, and it's your book. Now you're putting it. While Jody's finding that, you're putting it out. Um, how are you marketing it right now? Where are you where are you pushing it to? I mean, obviously you're here talking about it. That's um, that's putting the word out. Um, you know, I, I have, I have, uh, three ways and sorry to cut you off. I apologize. No, you're good. Um, I I'm doing three ways. So I I'm meeting with pastors face to face and saying, here, please read my book. This is my testimony. This is what God has given me. And if you're in agreement, I'd love to come out and, uh, I'd love to do a, a service with your people about a two hour conference and, and teach more on it. Um, I'm also teaching at my alma mater. I'm teaching an, an eight week course on it at the moment, uh, summit Bible college here in Bakersfield. Um, and then obviously I'm, I'm doing a podcast, so I'm, I'm jumping to wherever people will take me and, and, and trying to preach the good word of God and that liberty and freedom is available through Jesus Christ and through his word uh, and through his spirit. So those are really the three main ways that uh, I'm currently uh, marketing, um, you know, and I really just, I don't want to make a ton of money. I don't want to get rich. I just want people to be free. Uh, that's the most important thing to me. I want to get this information into people's hands and into their hearts so that they can use it and see that God is good. And, you know, like the scripture says, taste and see that God is good. And, and that's really why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing um, and, and how I'm marketing things. Love it. Okay, so I found uh, what I wanted to talk to you in chapter six. Um, defense is is the name of the chapter. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, there's a place where you, you write here. It says, biblically speaking, depression is known as a spirit of heaviness. For example, I can say that I'm tired. I want to avoid everyone and spend all day in bed. Or I can recognize that that is a spirit of heaviness is attacking me. Um you know, a lot of times, and I do believe that Jesus can heal us of the ailments that we have in our in our bodies, in our minds. Um, I believe through the power of the Holy Spirit, laying of hands, anointing oil. Like, there's a million different ways that, you know, we can, through prayer, through um, intercessory prayer, through all of that kind of stuff. What would you say to the person 
um, that isn't healed, um, that God just doesn't take this spirit away from them automatically and then has to or, or feel like they have to take antidepressants or, um, you know, some sort of, um, uh, what do they call it? They don't call it opiate. It's almost called it opiate. But um, uh, something to, to help them because there is, you know, there's plenty of science out there that says there are chemical imbalances that happen. Um, and again, I, I believe Jesus can heal those chemical imbalances, but sometimes they kind of need a kickstart. What would you say to somebody who feels like they need to be on antidepressants? Uh, you know, that's such a, a, a very, very uh, dangerous topic to discuss. And, and a lot of people are very defensive of their position on medication. Um, my personal belief is that uh, medication should not be our first response to having or dealing with depression. Our first response as Christians needs to be to go before God and get our healing um, and work the principles that are in God and, and do the things that God has told us already. Right. And if that, if that hasn't manifested, then, okay, I understand what, what uh, you know, you need to use some antidepressants, but you have examples like in, in John where uh, the, the blind man was uh, born blind and uh, the disciples asked Jesus, Hey, why was this man born blind? Right. And, you know, they said, who sinned that this guy was his parents? Was it him? Why is he blind? And Jesus's response was, he was born blind for the glory of the kingdom of God. It wasn't because of sin. Right. And so what I would encourage you to remember is that, you know, I went through a five-year depressive episode. I'm going, why, God, why do I have to suffer this? Why do I have to walk through this? And I feel all alone and I feel terrible and nothing is working for me. And I want to just fall apart. And I would tell you that here I am on the other side saying, God did that for his glory. Right. So that he could use me as a testimony, as a witness, and to tell you that you can be healed through the word of God. You have to, uh, you know, maybe you have depression, but how you respond to it is going to be the key. How you deal with it uh, is going to be what sets you free. So, okay, medication is an option. Right. But so is how changing how you think and not accepting certain thoughts and not moving in certain thoughts and, and uh, encouraging yourself in the Lord, right? You have uh, so many different examples of uh, people in the Bible struggling with depression. You have people like David, uh, you know, over and over and over again, God, I'm dying here. I can't feel you. Where's your spirit? You know, and, and those kinds of outpourings. And then you have like Elijah who ran into the cave. Uh, he had just defeated 400 prophets of Baal uh, yeah, exactly. and, and then runs into this cave because you know, this woman is trying to kill him. To kill him. I know yeah. like a lady's going to beat him up. Yeah. <laughs> and God's like, what are you doing in here? Get out, go anoint a king. Right. So it, it's a big deal about how we respond to what God is doing in our life. And yes, again, depressive antidepressants are a response, but I would say that there is a better response and that's to enact the word of God and to do the things that he's asking of us. Mm, well, good. I mean, I, I love the way that you're putting it to the way that you said, well, first, you know, mm -hmm. that shouldn't be our first and in the West, you know, in, in America, it is our tendency to the first response is a pill. Um, if you're getting a, a great analogy would be if you're getting a migraine. Okay, you know what a migraine is, maybe a pills, the answer if you're getting a headache, maybe just drink some water, get something to eat. Right. You know, rather than popping a pill and you're not sure, um, a lot of, yeah, pray, pray uh, right. the, uh, the depression that I typically deal with, 
um, is a manifestation of the environment I've put myself in. If I'm on social media too much, if I haven't worked out in a few days, a lot of my depression can be handled with just the way I operate in my life. Um, so I haven't, you know, I'd, I've never run to any type of medication, but that doesn't mean, you know, if I wasn't able to medicate with these other steps of prayer, fasting, you know, working out, getting some endorphins going, talking to counseling about it and working through it. All you do is it. just go and comb your mustache now. That's all. <laughs> when, That's you, a... when you got a mustache like this, not everybody yeah. <laughs> Not everybody does. So I know I'm not talking to all of America. I look like I got the mange when I, it's, you know, like. Like 0.5 of America yeah. can self-medicate with a little mustache. <laughs> hey, if I had a mustache like yours, I'd be fine. I'd be living the dream, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I love the way that you put that was not, you know, not a pill first. Um, obviously, some people, yes. Uh, yeah. you, you know, there are chemical imbalances, but, um, you know, try some holistic approaches right. first. You know, and unfortunately, there's a million different ways that people medicate, you know, mm -hmm. and then, I mean, self-medicate, I should say everything from the word to what you said earlier, TV, like mm -hmm. that's, that's probably the way that I, to this day, medicate. Like if I just need a day off, you know, and just from the world, I will shut the shades of the, my living room, I will flip on TV and I will binge for, you know. Three, all day four, five, yeah all, and my my prayer every sunday is that when i get through preaching that it rains you know that way <laughs> it, like so i'm serious when i get done preaching it's raining and it's going to storm the rest of the day so i can just crawl right up on the couch right after a sermon and uh watch tv but um you know there, there's there's eating um you know there's there's uh you know cutting there's man there's just a million different ways that people deal with and, and usually it's the wrong way. Um, I love what you said about, um, about the medication and Fergoza is right. You know, the first, the first deal, I mean, we need to cry out to God. If you read Psalms long enough, like I used to hate Psalms until I understood what was really going on because I thought this dude's the biggest baby I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Like all he's doing is whining and crying and you know, but what he was really doing was he was going through depressed states. Mm -hmm. But what I, I loved what, what would happen, though, is he would start worshiping God. Like David and, and, and Solomon both, awesome. they would start worshiping God uh, when they realized that they were depressed or things weren't going, and then they would just worship God. And I, I think we forgot that. You mm -hmm. know, like, gosh, let's worship God because, you know, it, it doesn't mean because you worship God that everything's going to be perfect because right. Jesus' Jesus's theology was, look, dude, if you're going to follow me, it is not going to go well for you. Just yep. guaranteed. You but, will be hated for my name's sake. Yeah, you will be hated. You will be persecuted. You Like there's so many different ways that he, he did that. And his whole theology was basically, look, you know, follow me, pick up a cross. You know, you're going to have to follow him. You got to do it daily. Um, don't follow me if you're not going to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Like th that was basically his theology. Yeah. Um, and I, I think where, uh, where we go wrong a lot of times is, is not relying on the Holy spirit. I'm, I'm preaching through acts right now, uh, in our church and I, I preach expository. So I go verse by verse and nice. we break it, we break it down and, uh, really dive into it and the context and the content and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, this is, and acts is the first, um, place for the Holy spirit. 
mm-hmm. you know, that we see and, you know, coming in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then bam, here's the church being birthed out of, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit. I want that for the churches in the world. I mm-hmm. want that kind of power. I want that kind of, you know, servitude. Like, literally, the, the proverbial mirror went down off everybody's face in the first church. They served each other. They loved each other. Even in a, under persecution, when the church grew the most, they were relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think that's mm-hmm. where we don't um, a lot of times, and that brings you into depression. Like, I, I like a couple of weeks ago, I preached on Stephen, you know, being stoned. And while he's being stoned, he's literally telling God to forgive them. Just like Jesus, you know, just, you know, forgive them. That had nothing to do with him being in his own flesh. That was everything in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, And I think the church, the Christian has, has forgotten that. He is God's spirit. He is uh, the comforter. He is the convictor. He is the, the, the saving power that is behind the gospel. That's the Holy Spirit. Uh, and he can heal you and he can um, mend you and he can uh, reboot your brain uh, into, to ways that you think better and think clearly and think holy and you think righteously. Uh, and man, we need more of that. Well, you know, and to your point that one of the scriptures uh, that came to mind was uh, by him and through him and in him, all things consist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jesus really has to be our sufficiency. And I, I think, you know, uh, to the point earlier about, you know, uh, here in the West, we're spoiled. We have far too much that we can use to our advantage to distract ourselves from God. You know, the first century believers were were people who didn't have anything. They didn't have cars. They didn't have money. They They were giving it all to the church. They had nothing right. to rely on but Christ. And um, so that kind of uh, ideology where we entirely depend on Christ is so necessary. Um, and actually, back to another point, if you don't mind jumping in here, you, you were t- uh, the word self-care, you know, it is kind of a, a word that comes to mind because a, a lot of us men think of self-care as, you know, we're getting our fingernails done and, you know, we're, we're, we're going to the, 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 the hair salon and, you know, all that other garbage. And, you know, we treat it like a four letter word. And my point is, is that it's two four letter words. They cancel each other out and we need to spend more time taking care of ourselves. And how do we do that? I'm not saying go get your fingernails painted or, or you know, go get a mani-pedi. My point is, is that you need to find a time where you can value who you are. Right. You need to sit before God and let him pour into yep. you as you were talking about worshiping. And uh, we really need to stop running away from and, and uh, being uh, conscious of, of self-care and pretending like we have the strength to do it on our own. Mm. We a lot need of times, Jesus. Yes. Amen. A lot of times amen. for men to self-care can be, um, can quite literally be quiet time. You know, that's why so many men love fishing. Um, I was in the wilderness. Uh, when I was, I had found, um, I'm going to get in trouble because I didn't have a fishing license, but I didn't have a fishing pole, to be fair. I found a stick with a bunch of string on it. And uh, it had a. You were hook. in survival mode. It's okay. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Someone, you were had, to death. someone yeah. had left it out there, uh, had a weight, had a hook. Um, so I found some bait. I threw it on there. And I literally just had all this line just in the wind and I'd have to like whip it out there and then pull it in with my hands. And there was something calming just about, there was no agenda. Um, 
there was nowhere for me to be. I had no phone calls to make, no emails to get. It was just silence. And that's, I mean, that's self-care. There's no one bothering me. I'm, I'm far enough in the wilderness to where the only people bothering me are the people I'm with and they're off doing their own thing too. Um, and there's something about the silence uh, that can be self-care. And then on the flip side of that, this for me, a lot of times, Pastor Jody has asked me, you know, this is a, this is a volunteer thing. Why are you always so faithful being here? This is my self-care. I get to yeah. sit, talk, do the things that I love, um, be around Huge. other people who love talking and flushing out ideas and, and sharing stories. And there's something self that, that is self-care um, about that. So it can look different for everyone, but you got to find out what that is. Yeah, that's you true. had uh, Jeff Voth on a couple of weeks ago with the uh, uh-huh. cave time and, oh, you know, yeah. talking about, you know, getting out there in the wilderness and how cool and how amazing would that experience be. And um, I think I had one of those in the middle of uh, my depressive episode where I got to go camping. We went uh, camping in Malibu, California, one of the most beautiful <sighs> places in the world, um, went hiking at 10 o'clock at night. It was a two mile hike up a, a hill and couldn't find the campsite. We spent over an hour looking for this campsite, <laughs> could not find it to save our lives and said, you know what, we're part, we're, we're just going to set up camp right here on the side of the road and woke up to uh, people running up and down the trail where we were camping and uh, woke up, opened my tent door. And all I could see was this amazingly beautiful ocean. And it was 65 degrees outside, <laughs> a nice little breeze. And it was just me and God. Amen. And that's all I needed. It was so beautiful. So, you know, to your point, self-care, man, get out there. Let's uh, let's spend time in God's creation and sup with him and and learn from him in those moments. Just and, so you know, that does not count as church. No, I, okay. Well, okay, I thought you were going to say it doesn't count as camping because <laughs> it was Malibu. Yeah, it doesn't count. Well, and, his doesn't count as camping. No, oh, here we go. No. Dude, seriously. I was going to say there are mountain lions up there, so <laughs> that still counts. Um, it does not count as church. Uh, don't forsake the gathering of, our, yeah, you know, yeah. of God's Agreed. people. Agreed. Still got to do some church. Um, but you do need – those are great times. I, yeah. I, I'm not – I'm saying that for – to be facetious because a lot of people no. oh, I, I me and God communing at, at the, you know, at the lake. Well, mm-hmm. you and him may have that opportunity, but you need to commune with the church too. So. Well, I have some great times with God out on the golf course, but that doesn't mean that counts. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Satan knows the, ah. the golf course. Well, if you're not, I did, that's how it feels. I did shoot a 47. Uh, I played nine yesterday, shot 47. Oh, so. okay. That's not bad. That's a fir- that's the third time I've played in five years. That's pretty good. So I, yeah. used pretty good. A, I used to be a scratch golfer, but I haven't played, you know. Now I'm a, I actually have a life and kids and all that kind of stuff. So. <laughs> and no, you know, bills I, to I, pay. I, I scratch golf, that's not what I meant. I meant I, I was low 80s. We'll just put it there. Oh, that's, pretty, I that's still pretty solid. I was scratch golfer. So, that's still pretty solid. Yeah, I wish it was scratch golf. I'd be on the tour. But um, <laughs> so – in the uh daniel in the in the final chapter i love i love how quick and just straight to the point this chapter is uh it's called victory is and um now you have victory okay um i love the first paragraph do you mind if i read it is that okay please yeah okay so this this is written in sharp contrast to the opening line of the book where i stated that the most i could muster up was a request for relief I pray in the name of Jesus, you can now see how far apart desiring relief and experiencing victory exist from one another. 
that you can see the miraculous journey towards understanding God through towards understanding God brought brought me through. Sorry, I was missing that there. Using his word. I pray also that you see that victory is available to you as well. Um, I love that word victory because that is a huge, uh, a huge word to, you know, especially in, in, in war, like victory that, you know, exactly what's happening in a football game. They, they the, the victory, there's a victory, you know, in sports, you see that all the time. Um, but we have victory in Jesus. Amen. No, no matter what goes on. And that's, this is something that I try to get Christians to see all the time is that no matter what goes on on your life, you could have the worst life, live in the sewers, you know, barely have enough to eat, whatever, still know Jesus and still get to heaven and get to walk on the streets of gold. Well, that's what like that's victory. That's, that's what Paul hope. was saying when he yeah. said, I can do all things through Christ. Like we we steal that phrase. But he was talking about poverty. Yeah. You know, yeah. he was in prison yeah, when he exactly. wrote that. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. I can do all things through Christ. So I'm, you know, I'm going to yeah. beat this guy up on the other side of the wrestling mat. I used to say it all the time. <laughs> but I don't think that's what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly. No, it's definitely not. It's all, you know, majority of the time it's spiritual. Unfortunately, we've made it material. Yeah. Um, you know, our hope in Jesus is that there is eternity in heaven. That's our hope. Amen. I, Worst thing that happens to me is I die and I go to heaven. Not saying that you need to take the easy road. Um, God will take care of that for you. But that's the worst thing that's going to happen to you as a Christian. Right. That you do that. You were talking earlier about, um, you know, just being an American, having it so easy. We have uh, what we call an outpost in Haiti. And uh, I've been there a few times. We, we've established 40 pastors there that were training, you know, to reach their men because they literally have a... Um, it's like a 95% fatherless rate. Wow. So yeah, That's exactly. Rough. Like it's, it's off the charts, bad mm-hmm. little kids walking the streets and diapers, you know, moms with two or three kids on the hips and no men around anywhere. The churches are packed with women, uh, and no men. And so, hmm. um, I have never met a people that love Jesus more than those people. And they have nothing, hmm. literally nothing. They barter for their livelihood. That it's not a, it's not an ec- economic scale. Like you can't, you don't sell something just to try to make money to better yourself. You're literally giving, um, stuff away in order to get something back that you need. It's a barter bartering system. And so, um, I agree with you that, you know, I think in the United States, we, we look at all the stuff that's going on, you know, the TikTok, the Facebook, the Instagram, and, and we literally look at somebody's life and go, that's the life I want. And the next thing you know, that depression kicks in, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think since, uh, since the onset of social media, I read this somewhere and I can't remember where we'll have to look it up, uh, maybe later, but, uh, the, the amount of, prescription uh, antidepressants that have been given since social media started have been more than have were given all prior to that. Does that make sense? Like yeah. collectively. Yeah, exactly. Collectively since the onset of social media, more prescription have been given in the last 10 or 15 years than all of history, so to speak, um, which is 
Yeah. It's just a telltale sign of, of, you know, everything going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> well, you know, and I think it's a sign also of us not trusting God. Oh, that's good. That's really good. I think well, we're spending know, a lot of time trying to find our way and figure out where to go and what path to be on and who's right and who's wrong. And I want that TV and I, I want that boat and I want that mansion. And, you know, I want right. that influencer lifestyle and all the things that we don't have. And we look around and we go, I live in a three bedroom house. I don't live in a 15 bedroom house. Therefore I don't have anything. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then that's what, I, that was my point about Haiti. I'm yeah. literally sitting in with a lady who has four kids sheet metal walls sheet metal roof two wow. by fours barely and they weren't even good two by fours they were stuff that she had gotten from the hurricane um and uh she went and bought us a soda like wow all the money she had in the world like it just made me just i was bawling my eyeballs out yeah. and uh she, she was she she wouldn't have it though like i where i was like no 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 we don't want that was offensive to her so we had yeah. to take it. so um but she loved Jesus. Mm. She wasn't depressed about her situation. She wasn't worried about her situation. She just loved Jesus. And it was, it was, it's great to see a different perspective. And I think, I think that's the big deal with, um, you know, again, I'm not a psychologist and you do, you're, you're a counselor, correct? Daniel? I have my master's in biblical counseling. Yeah. Okay. So you, you do counseling. Um, uh, I'm not a counselor, but I, I do enough pastoring and, and counseling, uh, stuff like, you know, just discipleship stuff. And if you can learn to change your perspective, you know, no matter, and, and, and the, the one word that I try to teach everybody that as I'm training them is contentment, hmm. literally the word contentment. If you can learn to be content where you're at, while you're there learning all you need to do, learn to be content in the situation that you're in, because I promise you there are far, there, there, there are more people far worse off than you are. And you've got to change your mindset. You got to change your focus. You got to change your thoughts. You got to change your words. You got to change your actions. Like there is a discipline by behind that, but you've got to learn how to do that. So you don't stay depressed. So you don't get depressed and, uh, and you've got to get God on your side in the high times. The best time to, 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 to be with God is while you're on the mountaintop, man, just listen to him, listen to him. That way, when you do hit the valley, uh, and he's trying to teach you something or train you in something, man, you know, that his word is truth. You know, that his spirit is, um, uh, all indwelling, you know, that you can rely on that and, uh, you don't, you don't quench the spirit by worry, doubt, fear, all these sins that you end up having in your life. Uh, and you change your pers perspective in your mindset, capture the thoughts, uh, and it will change your life, uh, as far as depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. Um, and again, if you're, you're listening tonight and you do have suicidal thoughts, please talk to somebody, please, please. please yeah. Talk to somebody, call the 800 suicide hotline, uh, go to your pastor, go to your mom, go to your dad, go to your best friend and just confess and talk because you're not the only one you literally i i've i've had it daniel's had it for has had it uh we've all had it um the difference is is that we've dealt with it and we're dealing with it um you have to talk about those things so one of the well I, i'm sorry for goes if oh, i can jump in real good. quick i'm trying to find that statistic uh i i haven't i didn't get to watch the ted talk but i found a ted talk 
um, it shows that um, it, I think the quick statistic I got was 25% more um, or um, at least, you know, it's saying that if you're checking social media at night, um, you are more likely to be depressed, period. Mm-hmm. So, great. you know, if um, right before I, you go to bed, and that's right before all you, you go to bed and I, yeah. you know, I'm guilty of it. Like I said, my depression is a lot of times cured by my habits. Um, I just finished uh, reading a book called The Relentless Pursuit of Hurry. And mm-hmm. one of its suggestions for getting out of that hustle, bustle, all the above is, hey, man, when it hits six o'clock, phone goes off, mm-hmm. you're done for the day, just put it away. And then, you know, after you get your quiet time in the morning, and it hits eight o'clock, then mm-hmm. you can pick it back up and address whatever's there. Right. You know, what do you get six messages that you could probably answer in maybe five minutes and your screen time just went way down. You're not hopping on every 20 seconds just to get that little dopamine hit, get that right. hit. Amen. That Daniel, what were you going to say? Uh, you know, I was just going to say to the point, if you're struggling with, uh, with suicide, uh, I would much rather have a conversation with you at two o'clock in the morning than say goodbye to you at your graveside. It's more important that you talk to someone. It is so key. And I, I know I'm not alone. So if you're out there and you're hearing my voice and you're someone struggling with that, someone in your life would rather have that conversation with you late at night than at your graveside. So please, please, please reach out. Do not be ashamed. This is something that a lot of people struggle with. This is something I struggled with. And this is something that God set me free from that he can set you free from. That's the big thing that I I really want to get out of this book is to preach hope. There is hope in Jesus Christ. There is deliverance in Jesus Christ. There is freedom in Jesus Christ. And so I don't want to stand on the soapbox for too long, but uh, really please reach, reach out for help reach just it. reach out someone will stand with you um so i know that there are people out there who will pray for you who will come to your uh, wherever you are you're in a cabin in the woods we'll drive there we'll meet you there it doesn't matter your life cannot be replaced you are more important than anything else mm. in this world your life is important so uh, i encourage you reach out for help Praise God. Praise God. So I do have the official statistic from the National Center for Healthcare awesome. Statistics. Um, the rate of... 99% of all statistics are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the rate of antidepressants uh, use uh, in this country among teenagers and adults uh, has been increased by 400%. Oh, I said That's double. what I thought the number was. Yeah, 400%. 400%. Holy cow. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. It's insane. Yeah, but it's just it's just become the norm. I that was it, and that you know. was from uh that was from nineteen eighty eight to two thousand eight. So the study stops there. Wow. Um and the scary thing is that in two thousand eight, social media was a baby. So let me let me let me throw this out there. You know what happened in the eighties? Go for it. What you got? This mustache the, happened the, in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah, that mustache had on yeah, Magnum PI. <laughs> um, the blue law was in uh, oh, was yeah. abolished. Mm-hmm. So the blue law, which was nothing being sold on Sunday, was abolished in uh, the eighties. So so it, now it every, talks about that. You need a Sabbath. That's what I'm saying. You got rid of the Sabbath, and everything's open now, including the freaking post office delivering on Sunday well, now. The, the terrifying thing is, in 2008, you know, we had MySpace. That was 
MySpace, Facebook, and Facebook was a baby. I think even Facebook was only available to um, university yeah. and colleges. colleges yeah, like exactly. it was still exclusive. It wasn't open to everybody yet. Um, but now we have Instagram. Now we have TikTok. Now we have Twitter. Those things weren't around, and right. we had four hundred percent before social before media even was yeah, even a thing, bad, yeah. and before this was in my hand all yeah, the time, all the time. So, I, man, I was just talking to somebody today. They were like, you know, asking me a, uh, as a guy I'm discipling. He's like, what, what about the Book of Revelations? Because I don't talk or preach on the Book of Revelations because we're still waiting. That's the only prophecy that hasn't been fulfilled. And he was like. Yeah, but I was like, there's a lot of conjecture. There's too many movies being made. You don't, you know, there's a ton of stuff. You there's you can add so much to that. And I said, all you got to know is Jesus is coming back. He's like, well, what about the, you know, the, the mark of the beast? And I was like, well, you're carrying the mark of the beast, right? <laughs> that stupid phone. It's even it's even got a bite out of the back of the, 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 the apple, apple right yeah. there. You know, that's well all, all the enemy. And anytime well, someone freaks out about that, I'm like, man, you already got a mark. You got a number on you. You got a social security number, right? Yeah. It ain't nothing good. Yeah, exactly. You know. So. It's going to be bad. Well, Daniel, uh, any last thing that you'd like to to tell our audience as we uh, wrap up here? No, uh, like I said, my whole goal and my hope is just to preach hope and to encourage you that there is deliverance in Jesus Christ and get in your word, get in front of your pastor, get in front of a biblical counselor. If you're struggling with depression, I know it feels awkward, but I promise you it will get better. I promise. Awesome. Well, guys, go out and get his book, Stormbreakers. Uh, you can also go to stormbreakers.org uh, to check out his website, his ministry. You can book him uh, to come speak, to help uh, counsel. Uh, he is also on our uh, on our app and our Facebook pages. If you needed to reach out to him, uh, I know that he would be there to talk with you uh, and, and help you counsel. You know, one of the things uh, that is big right now daniel is and something you may want to consider is uh is zoom counseling hmm. you know online counseling i don't know do you do that full time or you do you just is that what uh, you do Counsel- i've been kind of doing it lay work uh you know here yeah. and there meeting with people um but i'm certainly looking to uh get involved in that so uh, i've got a buddy of mine we actually had him on the uh, podcast a few months ago and uh he's doing all of his counseling zoom so uh, might be, you know, something that he can reach, you know, a lot more people, um, you know, and save more money and all of that kind of stuff. So yeah. might be something you do. Well, we'll be praying for you, brother. I'm excited. Thank you guys uh, so is, much for letting me come on. It's a really good book, guys. It's easy to read. It's really quick. It's direct, straight to the point. Um, you'll, you, you won't put it down. It'll be a, a really good book and it'll help you. Even if you don't have depression, maybe you just have a little anxiety or stinking thinking sometimes. It's a really good book to get your mind reset to godly thinking. And that's where we really need, need to be. So brother, thank you so much. Uh, we'll be praying you. for you and your family and uh, we'll be throwing this book out all over our social media and help you uh, sell as many as you possibly can. And I know it's not about the money, but it does cost money to run these things. These ministries aren't cheap and uh, you know, having a few book sales uh, definitely helps. So yeah. Uh, if, well, if I can get out there and, and share the gospel and, and share this good news with people, then, you know, extra money always helps. Praise God, brother. Well, we'll see you later. And folks, we'll be back next Monday. You'll be able to, this will be available tomorrow on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, um, and all the other podcast platforms. So be sure to check it out and share it with all your friends. God bless you guys.
You've been listening to the Man Up God's Way podcast. Visit us on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, and our website at manupgodsway.org. 